namo bhagavate vasudevaya Atapyudara svabasaprator hare Kalavatarasya katam vritadrita Yathopadesham munipi prachodita Slagyani karmani vayam vitanmahi Although we are unable to glorify you adequately, we nonetheless have a transcendental taste for glorifying your activities. We shall try to glorify you according to the instructions received from authoritative sages and scholars. Whatever we speak, however, is always inadequate and very insignificant. Dear King, because you are a direct incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, all your activities are liberal and ever laudable. Report by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. However expert one may be, he can never describe the glories of the Lord adequately. Nonetheless, those engaged in glorifying the activities of the Lord should try to do so as far as possible. Such an attempt will please the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Lord Chaitanya has advised all his followers to go everywhere and preach the message of Lord Krishna. Since this message is essentially Bhagavad Gita, the preacher's duty is to study Bhagavad Gita as it is understood by disciplic succession and explained by great sages and learned devotees. One should speak to the general populace in accordance to one's predecessors sadhu, guru, and shastras. This simple process is the easiest method by which one can glorify the Lord. Devotional service, however, is the real method, for by devotional service one can satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead with just a few words. Without devotional service, Volumes of books cannot satisfy the Lord. Even though preachers of the Krishna consciousness movement may be unable to describe the glories of the Lord, they can nonetheless go everywhere and request people to chant Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. 
I am very grateful to be with all of you today. On behalf of all the residents of Govardhan Eco Village, we welcome you. It's truly an honor that all of you have come and the inauguration of the GBC College for Leadership Development is taking place in our humble community. Very honored, very grateful. Today we are reading, I believe Conte Prabhu has selected this verse from the fourth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, 16th chapter, entitled Praise of King Pritu by the Professional Reciters. Text number three. At the beginning of this story, we find the world in a terrible condition. The king is Vena. He's envious. He's arrogant. He's selfish. He was everything a leader should not be. Although he was extremely powerful and extremely intellectual, materially he had unbelievable, incredible qualifications. But spiritually, he was bereft. Because instead of seeing his position as a service to God, to Krishna, and to his citizens who were all the children of Krishna, he put himself, he put himself in the center. It was about himself. He declared that I'm your king. And according to the Shastras, the king is representative of God. You should worship me as God. No need for any other God except me. You do what I say the way I say it, and that's it. Otherwise, it will be not it will not be tolerated any deviation. So in this way, due to his arrogance, and of course because of the power and the prestige and the glorification he received in his position, it just inflated and aggravated the disease of his arrogance. He wanted to enjoy his post, his power, his position. And one who is in that situation naturally exploits others. So this was King Bena. It is said that 
Um, the sun rises after darkness. Sometimes the Lord, He appears in the darkest in in the darkest times, where there's challenging situations. Krishna appeared in Mathura at midnight in a prison cell at a time when his two dear devotees, Vasudev and Devaki, had six of their daughters murdered and they were in shackles as prisoners. It was at that time Krishna appeared to deliver the world. And similarly, Ramchandra, the demigods appeared to pray to Vishnu with all their hearts because Ravana, Kumbhakarna, and these Rakshasha demons were literally conquering the demigods, conquering the entire earth, and exploiting everything. It was hopeless. It was helpless. That's when the Lord appeared. And Matsya appeared when, it, when the entire universe practically was being flooded. <laughs> Varahadeva appeared when the earth planet was submerged below the earth at the bottom of the Garbodak ocean. And of course, Narasimhadev. Prahlad was persecuted in so many ways, and his father, Hiranyakashipu, who was literally ruling over the universe, had all the demigods as his obedient servants. He tried to kill Prahlad in every possible way. And finally, personally, he drew his own sword and ran toward Prahlad to cut off his head. Little Prahlad, this five-year-old tender child, was just giving his heart to Krishna. And at that most urgent emergency moment, Sri Narasimhadev appeared from the pillar into the world. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we read in his biographies, um, Adwaita Charya, Haridas Thakur, Srivas Thakur, they saw the darkness of this age of Kali. What was happening? Bereft of devotional service. Even pundits and scholars who are considered, and Brahmins who are considered authorities of Vedic knowledge in the highest place of learning, Navadweep, were speaking nothing ever about bhakti or devotional service. They would not chant the names of Krishna, the Yuga Dharma. They were misleading everyone. Artha Kama Dhamma Moksha at the best. It was so lamentable. The devotees were weeping. They were crying in compassion. They saw the darkness of Kali just completely subduing any true devotion to Krishna. And in this state, Sri Adwaitacharya was in an emergency mood, praying, Krishna, come. 
You've never, it's never been more of a need for you than now. Please, Krishna, come establish Harinam. And similarly, that was the mood that Srivas and Haridas and all of them were doing their kirtans, enchanting japa. When Srila Prabhupada ordered Jaladuta 50 years ago, this year, in Calcutta, so many difficulties, heart attacks, seasickness, over a month at seas, and all of these illnesses that, that came upon him were at the beginning of his trip when he was still at the Arabian Sea. And almost a month later, he wrote his prayers on the Jalatuta, just as he was approaching the Boston Harbor. And he could see, he could feel the darkness he was entering into, where the modes of passion and ignorance were so, so much overcoming true human nature. The purpose of human life is to realize our eternal identity as servants of Krishna. modes of passion and ignorance, he could see how powerful it was. And like Adwaitacharya, he was praying to Krishna. My Guru Maharaj Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur has given me this mission <laughs> to spread your words. Krishna, unless you speak through me, they will never understand. Let me be your puppet and make me dance as you want me to dance. Your insignificant beggar, A.C. Bhakti Vedanta Swami. And Krishna appeared, Krishna manifested his movement on a worldwide level, as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu predicted, in that very, very urgent dark time. So, Vena. He showed us what not to be. Because just like Krishna tells in Bhagavad Gita, we all have a divine and a demoniac nature within us until we become truly purified. We have those tendencies, the three modes of nature. When we let the modes of ignorance and passion become too much, our demoniac nature and tendencies overcomes us. So Vena, in the, in the situation where he had power, he had people under his jurisdiction, under his command, it completely destroyed him. It is said absolute power corrupts absolutely. And a good leader must understand that we have those tendencies. 
and humble ourselves to take shelter. Here is Vena was so demoniac and nobody could do anything about it. He had all the militaries and armies under his control. So it was the Brahmins who were being insulted by him terribly. Somehow or other, in those days, they had the power of chanting mantras that really worked. <laughs> so they killed Vena. But that made things worse. Because even though he was arrogant and egoistic and exploiting everyone, at least there was law and order. Nobody dared to do anything that he didn't want them to do. But in his absence, human nature, unless there's rules and regulations, you know, common people, their lower tendencies take over. And that's what happened to the whole world. People were just running around exploiting each other like anything. And there was nobody to curb them. So it was actually a worse situation. A bad leader gives somebody or law and order, but now there was no leader. So the Brahmins churned the body of Vena with mantras, because he was actually coming from a heritage of great personalities, a lineage. And by their chanting of mantras, uh, Prithu Maharaj appeared. At a really crisis, dark moment, Prithu Maharaj came. And the great sages, rishis, brahmins, in this chapter, they're, they're praising Prithu Maharaj for his greatness, because they had so much hope. And Prithu Maharaj is taking a role completely opposite of Vena. Vena is saying, everyone glorify me, worship me, otherwise you die. <laughs> that was his way of ruling. And Prithu Maharaj is getting glorification. Nobody glorified Vena with love. They glorified him out of fear. But they were glorifying Prithu Maharaj with love. And Prithu Maharaj said, why are you glorifying me? I haven't done anything yet. I just got born. <laughs> he wasn't born a baby. He was born a king. <laughs> and Archie, his, his consort, was also born at that time. So Prithu Maharaj was speaking with such humility. He didn't want any credit. He didn't want any glorification. He didn't want any honor. He just wanted to serve. This is a true leader, especially a spiritual leader. When Srila Prabhupada, he didn't travel around the world 13 times for the purpose of sitting on a Biyasasan and being glorified. He came just to serve his Guru Maharaja's instruction and he would say, I see all of you as the representatives of my Guru Maharaj. And he always would say, so often, I am not doing anything. My only qualification is I'm simply repeating what my Guru Maharaj has said and following his instructions. 
he gave all credit to his guru. And in London once there was a, after the installation of Radha Gokulananda at Bhaktivedanta Manor, the next day on his Vyas Puja, he said, actually all credit goes to all of you. And he started glorifying each of his disciples. On the day when he was to be glorified in Vyas Puja, he was glorifying his disciples. He was saying, all the credit goes to you. Simply to serve. It is our constitutional position. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he gave the most profound and inclusive and elaborate instructions to Sanatana Goswami. And he begins with the foundational principle. Jivaraswarupoy Krishnadar Nityadas, that we're all eternal servants of Krishna. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is God Himself, Swayam Bhagavan, he would begin the Ratayatra. Gopi Bharatur Padakamalayora Das 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 Anudas with this prayer. And he's in a role of a devotee to teach us how to be devotees. Supreme leader. I'm just, I'm not a Brahman Chatriya Bhaisya Shudra, I'm not a Vanaprastha, Brahmachari, Grihasta, or Sannyasi. My true identity is I am the servant of the servant of the servant of your servants. That is God speaking. And Advaita Charya was the leader of the whole Brahman community. And we see all of the incredible pastimes that took place where he just wanted to be accepted as a servant. <laughs> when Lord Chaitanya would glorify him, it would be he just wanted to serve. So Prithu Maharaj is taking this role. And actually, from a spiritual perspective, taking the position of a leader is a tremendous sacrifice. It's not something to be enjoyed. It's a service. It's, a, it's responsibility. Ramchandra was king, but he was in the role of a human being to teach us how to perform our duties in every type of relationship according. And it was all about sacrifice. Ramchandra was the son of Dasarat. He showed how to be a son by being willing to, in, to protect the honor of his father. He willingly went into exile for 14 years. After some time that will be replaced with oxen. That is our plan. <laughs> And what kind of brother he was for Bharat. You be the king, you rule. You have all my prayers and support. And as far as Sita, to protect his wife, he was willing to declare an entire world war 
for his wife's sake. And as far as the citizens, it's described, as even though he was the king, he would let every citizen come and meet him every day if they wanted to. And if there was a problem, he took personal responsibility to fix that problem. And when he was being criticized and people were doubting his integrity because of some past pastimes, the ultimate sacrifice, he sent Sita and the, two, and the children she was pregnant with to Valmiki Muni's ashram. Now when Ramchandra sent Sita away, internally, it was actually the deepest union, service and separation. As Krishna left Srimati Radharani and the gopis in Vrindavan, the Brihad Bhagavatamrita tells us that the ecstasy and the intensity of the union of their love for each other was more than ever. In Bhagavatam, Uddhava saw that too. I'm living with Krishna and Dwarka, but yet the gopis and the gopas of Sri Brajbhumi are separated, but they're closer to him than anyone because in their hearts they're totally immersed in this love and separation. So Ram and Sita shared that love and separation. But the Lord can fulfill many purposes through the same act. He also wanted to teach the principle of what it means to be a leader. Doesn't mean to enjoy your position or your post. It means to sacrifice for the people you're leading. That's all. That's true leadership. To make any type of sacrifice for the people you're leading. And this is an ultimate sacrifice, being separated from his own wife and children for the rest of his life so that people would have faith in him and honor him and follow him properly. Because if people don't have faith in a leader, they won't follow. And when they follow, they benefit. This is spiritual leadership. It's a great responsibility. And Paritu was not interested in his role or his opulences or the glorification. He was only interested in the service he could render for the welfare of the people he was leading. Servant leadership. And when we take this responsibility, this responsibility of making sacrifices for the welfare of the people that we're serving as leaders, we make progress. Srila Prabhupada writes, and he spoke several, many times, that you make spiritual advancement according to how you take responsibility. And in many ways, 
a humble devotee really doesn't want to be a leader. A humble devotee just wants to serve and follow and like that. But because it's such an important, vital service, when we're when we're called upon to do so, we're willing to actually take such a responsibility. And in the world today, particularly in ISKCON, <laughs> to take leadership position, it's really it's very difficult if you do it right. Because there are so many challenges. Honor, dishonor, happiness, distress, pleasure, pain, success, failure, victory, defeat. They all come and go like anything. But how are we actually representing Srila Prabhupada and the Parampara? That's really what is important. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in the role of a devotee, taught us how to be a great leader. When Prakashananda Saraswati challenged him, why are you just chanting and dancing with all these sentimental, fanatical people? Why are you not sitting with us great sannyasis and studying Vedanta? That is your duty. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu replied, I will tell you. My guru said to me, that I was a fool, and he chastised me. He said, you are such a fool, you are not qualified to study Vedanta. You should just chant Hare Krishna, this Maha Mantra. Just chant the names of Krishna. So in our seminars, we'll discuss this story a little deeper, because we don't have much time. But the principle is, Lord Chaitanya was told by his guru to just chant Hare Krishna and spread the glories of this Hare Krishna movement all over the world. And when he, he didn't actually preach or establish his movement until he got the order of his guru. He was Nimai Pandit. <laughs> he was... In Napadwe, performing his scholarly activities and defeating people and, and bewildering the devotees. But in Gaya, when he got the order from his guru, that's, that's when he established the Sankirtan movement. What a lesson that is, that even the Supreme Personality of Godhead is teaching us that our real power is simply to be a representative of the previous acharyas. And he took initiation in the disciplic succession of Brahma and Madhva to show that principle. 
So we make spiritual advancement by, we take, by taking responsibility. Srila Prabhupada wrote a letter to Sri Dayananda Goswami Maharaj. He said, you are now the president of a temple. This was in the very early days, obviously. <laughs> and he said, he said, now by taking this position of leadership, you have a great responsibility to be an example for others to follow. Krishna says in Gita that what leaders do, the common people follow. So when we take leadership position, we, we have such a huge responsibility to, be ex to lead an example in the way we speak, in the way we behave, in our relationships with others, so that other people will follow. And Srila Prabhupada said, now you have this responsibility to set the example, and by doing this, you will make great spiritual advancement. He said, Krishna is favoring you by giving you this position. And that's, and Prabhupada was actually speaking to all leaders in Iskand for all time to come. When we're given a leadership position, Krishna's favoring us. He's favoring us not by giving us a post. He's giving us, he's favoring us by giving an opportunity to really make spiritual advancement. Because in Krishna consciousness, the more we give, the more Krishna gives us. Srila Prabhupada would say that I see all of you that my Guru Maharaj has personally sent you to me. So for us, he's teaching us to see that all of the people coming, Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada is personally sending all these people to us. And therefore, on his behalf, we have to take care of these people. We have to encourage these people. We have to empower these people. And leadership means to do it by our example by giving facilities in every possible way for people to make spiritual advancement and to give an example by which they understand how to gratefully receive those facilities. If leaders fight with each other, then for sure the followers are going to fight with each other because that's the standard. If leaders overcome their differences on the basis of a higher principle, then the followers will understand that this is what it means to have relationships. Even if they're fighting with each other, they know they're wrong. <laughs> We're giving them the real chance to actually develop true relationships on the basis of Krishna consciousness because leaders are showing that example. Because whatever tests come to us are actually great opportunities to serve, 
because how we respond to those tests is going to be the standard by which other people learn how to respond to tests, and everyone will be tested. Srila Prabhupada was very concerned with unity and purity. Our sadhana is so critical to our spiritual lives. It's foundational to everything else. And our unity, our unity means that we put the higher principle of what will actually be most favorable for assisting Srila Prabhupada in sustaining and expanding the Krishna consciousness movement. Srila Prabhupada emphasized our unity is critical, it's essential. In Kali Yuga, unity, age of quarrel and hypocrisy, people from so many backgrounds, with so many different ideas and so many different interpretations. It's for the leaders to show the way. That's the responsibility Prabhupada gave us to resolve our issues on higher ground, to respond to the temptations of Maya on higher ground. Because if we give in to the, um, to the temptations or fears that Maya provides, then that's the standard we set for our whole society. So in this sense, Srila Prabhupada in that letter to Sri Dayananda Goswami is saying, it's really Krishna's favor because no matter what happens in this world, you have to be an example of what I've given you because you're a leader. The movement is depending on the leaders being examples. Now, if we're into sense gratification, we shouldn't want to be leaders because it's the worst thing for sense gratification. If you want to be like King Vena, it's really a good thing for sense gratification. But if you're going to be an actual Krishna conscious good leader, it means it's all about sacrifice. It's all about finding our happiness in our seva, in our sacrifice, not in about our post, our position, our facilities. It means really giving our lives for the people we're leading on behalf of Krishna, Prabhupada, and our parampara. To do it right is really a difficult sacrifice. But to do it right is the utmost blessing because we could make so much spiritual progress. And we could be instruments of such a power of grace if we just humble ourselves to see our, our, our role as the servant of the servant of the servant. And Srila Prabhupada exemplified that to such an utmost degree. He's our founder, Acharya. 
That's the standard he set. That we are, if we're going to be leaders in this society on whatever level, it is our calling to give our lives to follow in Prabhupada's footsteps in that way. Srila Prabhupada, I remember they were building, they were getting beautiful castles for him and palaces for him and they were building buildings for him and he had so many wonderful facilities. And he was always traveling. <laughs> he could have settled down anywhere in his old age. And why was he traveling to so many places? to give his example to the devotees in those places. And he especially told his GBCs and his temple presidents and all of his leaders to take the responsibility of his mission to his Guru Mahārāja. Now, we will make advancement if we're in leadership to the degree we really personally, individually, not theoretically, hypothetically, or thinking everybody else should do it. But our spiritual progress will be when we take very personally, whether we're tiny little spiders or Hanumans, when we take personal responsibility that Srila Prabhupada has entrusted a part of his mission to his Guru Maharaj to me. That is so sacred, it is so pure, it is so beyond us. How grateful we should be and how careful we should be to do it, to, to perform it with the honor and dignity that Srila Prabhupada expects of us. And Srila Prabhupada knew our shortcomings and he knew our conditionings and he knew we would make mistakes and all that other stuff. But still he gave us this opportunity to be leaders because he understood, and he told us if we're just sincere, if we're just sincere without duplicity, without ulterior motives, then Krishna will definitely be here to empower us, to protect us, and to lead through us. Prithu Maharaj could have sat on his throne and enjoyed nice food and everything else, but when he saw, we'll see a little later, that the people of his kingdom were hungry. He went on major campaigns. He chastised Mother Earth. <laughs> and by his compassion, you know, she had to provide grains for everyone. He had enough. He was not thinking of himself. So leadership means that. 
put the people we're leading as the center priority above ourselves. But in order to do that, we have to have some spiritual empowerment. In the spirit of serving Srila Prabhupada's mission and all the Vaishnavas, it's so critical that we have the knowledge by reading Srila Prabhupada's books carefully. That we have the spiritual potency by deeply taking shelter of our sadhana. That we have the moral integrity by following the four regulative principles. But when we're in the role of leadership, we're doing all these things so that we can actually be efficient, empowered representatives. Without our moral character, without our studying as deep as we possibly can the knowledge of Srila Prabhupada's books, and without deeply taking shelter of the holy names, we don't really have much of a connection to Prabhupada and our parampara to share with others on a spiritual level. Prabhupada wrote in one letter, all our organization, all of our management has to be built on the foundation of our sadhana, our satsang, and our good character. The GBC College is a wonderful um, offering to Srila Prabhupada and our Guru Parampara. Because for generations and generations in the future, and for our devotees in the present, it's really giving an opportunity to give a, a holistic, um, comprehensive, education, inspiration of what it really means to be a leadership and helps to give us the tools, the knowledge and the practical methods by which we can truly fulfill Prabhupada's expectations of us as leaders. And it's also a wonderful opportunity because it brings us together leaders and future leaders to actually you know, develop wonderful relationships. That could be that if, if the future leaders of tomorrow develop loving Krishna conscious relationships today, then we know for sure our movement will be united worldwide in the future. And I'm, I'm out of time. Kanteya <laughs> Prabhu, is there anything else you would like me to do? Is there any questions? Bhakti Vigyan Goswami Maharaj, I'm so grateful to see you. Prahlad Ananda Swami Maharaj, my worshipable obeisances are 
under the dust of your lotus feet. Mahaman Prabhu, dear God brother, friend, all honors and respect to you. Is there any question? I thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Thank you.